the idea is how do we uh, create the the bridge into nfts in the healthiest manner possible with commitment to the artwork with commitment to the history of photography and and what do these images really mean it's it, it was it, it's a cultural endeavor that is part of my passion coming from the archives and being a, a geek of the history of photography it was like i want this <laughs> you know it's like how do i bring this to nfts because i think there's so much emotion and and you you get so passionate when you understand that there's a lineage of how we've come to the moment wh where we are Hello, everybody. Uh, super excited today to bring you part two of our conversation with Alejandro Cartagena. Alejandro is a visionary, both in photography, uh, photo books, and now has taken on a tremendous leadership role uh, in bringing uh, photography into the realm of NFTs. His work with uh, both the DAOs he's created, his own personal work with carpoolers and other projects inside of NFT space has been nothing short of uh, world-class. Um, Alejandro in part two unpacks with me some more uh, and uh, new information about uh, Fellowship Trust and the August Sander collection. Uh, we talk about some of the more exciting new projects uh, the, uh, that are happening inside of Obscura DAO. And uh, it's just a fantastic conversation where I learned so much and I, I know you will too. So here's Alejandro. Yeah, so I think what, where I would like to pick up uh, our conversation is we did a pretty good job of unpacking, I think, how your movement into NFTs brought you eventually into to deploying DAOs mm -hmm. and other Web3 uh, resources to really create laboratories and how these DAOs are uh, picking up projects that are totally new to, to Web3 and NFTs and couldn't really be conceived of or accomplished in yeah. traditional photography distribution. And I would like to begin picking that up and un unpacking even more thoroughly mm -hmm. uh, some of that work. And uh, there's one project in particular that's captured my, my, my eye, my enthusiasm. I attended one of your Twitter space calls about it and just got so fired up. I proposed to that fall on, do a book with you oh, uh, yeah. or a gallery or something, <laughs> which is the world today project. So yes. share a little bit about what that's that, what that's all about. For sure. Um, so, you know, uh, uh, to, to start from your comments to, to up the, up to the world today, uh, what has been exciting about NFTs, uh, has never been about selling nfts um that is one of the most difficult things to actually do in 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 the world sell your art uh i still cringe at, at to having to sell my photographs and sell my books and now trying to sell my nfts so uh the the types of organizations that i've i've tried to build somehow in 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 the nft space is how to how to create models where it's it's about patronage, it's about support, it's about creating systems where uh, there there's uh, healthy funding models to help photographers create new work. And Obscura is very much about that. It, it is an entity that is looking to support ideas that otherwise wouldn't be able to be created. And with the world today. 
it's uh, it's you know to date our biggest project that we've built and maybe we we can't go further up i think mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. our cap of as big as we can get with a project it's 138 photographers from around the world uh documenting their world uh that they have around them uh they have a the commission is to do 100 images uh of whatever they think that theme is the world today uh we're looking for people uh to document uh whatever they want uh, as it, we've we've already had three weeks of work uh we've seen images come in we have people working uh, in Ukraine, we have people in Africa, we have people in Latin America, in Argentina, in Brazil, in Mexico, we have people in the US, we have people in Australia, we have people in Singapore. It's really a, a worldwide project that you know, takes its, uh, its line from the idea of the family of man uh, that big MoMA exhibition that happened in the 1950s curated by, by Steichen uh, and takes it to the next level with this technology, what this technology offers. Um, there's no, um, I, I don't think that it, it would be a possibility uh, uh, to, to find a museum or a space that could host simultaneously 13,800 images. Uh, I mean, the cost to produce that would be uh, very, very large. But not only that, it is that uh, within those 13,800 images, there are stories to be told that are not only represented by one image, like we had with the family of man, where suddenly just one photographer maybe had one image. We're talking about 100 images, sub-narratives inside of those 100 images, where we're, we'll tell, we're telling our photographers to think of this uh, this technology um, and this output for photography, where we you can think of it half being aesthetic and half being information. So the aesthetic we've been playing with that for years. You know, photography is firstly visual. Now, what else can we play with the information that we put into those images? And so. Uh, we have we, we've given them the option to create five sub narratives inside of their project of 100 images. So if let's say a photographer wants to tell one specific story that is 30 images long, well, he can create a trait, a special metadata that connects those 30 images. So when you hit those images and you hit that trait, uh, that is particular to that image, you can make the 13,000 images disappear and you're left with this little sub-narrative in between the sea of images. Mm -hmm. So th that's a really interesting thing for us to, to think about in this gigantic project. And, and now, uh, just yesterday, we started brainstorming uh, again with how else can we use these, these this idea of information. And it's almost like, curation with information. And we're going to take a little bit more time to see if there are coincidences or things that combine together between the different photographers and create singular uh, diptychs, triptychs, or, gr or grids of images that one is from Bolivia, one is from Argentina, one is from Mexico, one is from Africa, one is from Asia, and create these little you know, pockets of coincidences between the images 
So that is going to take us a little bit longer to, to curate and to create these sub narratives between the different photographers, which we, we had just limited to between the photographers, but now it's the curation between everything. So these little things are really interesting for us. Um, and then the other thing is uh, the opportunity to onboard and to, you know, somehow uh, safely introduce to uh, photographers who have never heard of NFTs, who have never heard of the idea of Web3 and, and decentralization uh, and have them uh, find support with Obscura. We have the infrastructure, we have the, the team who can support the creation of the project, of the smart contract, that minting, the promotion, the, the, the curation. We have that infrastructure ready uh, and we can help photographers who might find it overwhelming to even think of NFTs in their practice. And this is an opportunity for them to, uh, to join us uh, to just try it out, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's a, right. it's an opportunity to try what does it, what, what does an NFT mean? Where, where do you sell an NFT? Where can you talk about NFTs? Uh, where can you talk about photography in the realm of NFTs? Where can you talk about the history of photography in the realm of NFTs? And that is what Obscura is about. It, it's that, uh, art lab, that experimental space where we have thoughtful conversations and critical thinking around the creation of photography in the 21st century. What does that mean today? Uh, is, are there new possibilities or, or are we just, you know, going around in circles and not progressing in, in, the, in, in the themes? Are we still just seeing white men doing photography? Can mm -hmm. we find diversity in photography? What are, what are new paths? For people to come into the idea of photography, right? right. There are there, they've all we can we can pinpoint the paths that exist right now. It's either you go to school, uh, you do a bachelor in arts, then you do a master's in fine arts, and then you you're maybe setting yourself up to be seen by the market, be, making yourself seen by the galleries, by the museums. And NFTs are one new path to be seen. You know, uh, we're not, you know, we're not at all encouraging the disappearance of galleries, museums. Those institutions are there because we need engagement with the physical too. But right. to get there, there's only one. Once I mean, there's one straight line. These, the we're we're building little curves to see how else can can we invigorate the the path that photography was on can we bring new blood new new people new ideas to photography and i think that's again one of the the what one of the things that are very important for us at obscura and 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 why we we think of commissioning people to do new work through nfts is a is a pathway to find new audiences in nfts but also in the in in the physical world Wow, that there's so much. That's so great. There's so much to unpack there. I don't. I hardly know where to start, but we can do it step um, by step. step, step by step. That's how you eat an elephant, one spoonful <laughs> at a time. Um, so um, I, I think I'm going to open this up, and I want to. I want to linger over this this conversation around the world today because it really is a 
I, I think you consider it. I do too, as I've followed your work. I think it's the, it's the boldest initiative you've had uh, mm -hmm. because of just the scope of it. 138 photographers from five continents, yeah. 100 photographs each. That's 13,000. If everybody hits their number, that'll be yeah. 13,800 uh, yeah, NFTs and images. And I want to begin by what I think is one of the, the, the toughest questions for someone coming into NFTs to wrap their head around. I know it mm -hmm. was for me. Why is this not just a JPEG? What is mm -hmm. there? What's the difference? And I, I, I'm going to yeah. use a personal, if I may, a personal example uh, to, to engage this conversation, because I, I every time I listen to you or someone who re is really knowledgeable in this space, I learn a little bit more. So in 2008, I had a collaboration with a Swiss photographer, Corinne Vianney. Mm -hmm. And she and I created a website. This is a very Web2 project. And what we did was on November the 2nd, the, the day that Obama was elected, we invited over 100 photographers from all around the world to make a photograph at, 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 at what was called at, at 600. That was the name of the project. Okay. That's, a, that's an international time. And at 600 around the world might be 8 a.m. for me, but it might be. 8 p.m. for someone else. And so they all sent us that one photograph. It had to be one photograph. So 100 photographs uh, from around the world. And we created a beautiful website and it was all laid out. We had an yeah. essay written about it. Uh, Darius Himes actually wrote a beautiful essay. Oh, wow. And it was wonderful. <laughs> and it was a wonderful project. And I loved right. it. We kept it up for over, over a decade. Yes. But we eventually said enough of that. So Corrine, I think, <laughs> saved it. And so we've got it on a but we don't have the we don't have it up anymore. Yeah. Uh, the limitation to that, and this is I want to compare that project, which is very web too. Mm -hmm. There's some similarities, right? Yes, in the yes. sense that it's worldwide, uh, it's community, it's collaborative, and yes. there it is. It exists. It, it exists um, on the web in mm -hmm. a traditional old timey web two way. Mm -hmm. These are digital images. Yes. Uh, in my case, I took a Polaroid and then scanned it, so it, it started. Wow. You know, it ended up digital <laughs> and online, but 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 what you're talking about is like the the realization of what Web3 allows with the metadata inside mm -hmm. of the NFT. Mm -hmm. uh, we created a structure which I think was interesting and it was very experimental and we plugged it in. But what you're doing is they create their photographs. Then they create around these five elements mm -hmm. uh, or, or uh, and then and then on top of that you create a sort of a meta searching way that can recombine these images yes. around traits. Yes. Now that's something that is, uh, is three dimensional chess compared <laughs> to creating a collection of a hundred images. Yeah. Our, our project was static in the mm -hmm. sense that they were digital images. Yeah. They were contributed by very generous photographers who were part of the project and they mm -hmm. existed but they didn't provide this, this three-dimensional aspect that you're talking about. So yeah. let's unpack that. What sure. is available inside of an, a digital NFT file that mm -hmm. is not there in a, hey, here's my JPEG, put it on your website? Yeah, I mean, you can, you can do that. You can create a website that is dynamic. That it, It's not that it's impossible. It's just part of the way that NFTs are constructed. That's their native form. They, they have a visual representation and they have a set of traits that help you understand a group of images together. And that is, again, that's kind of, a, 
what happens there is you understand how the technology was constructed. We think of CryptoPunks and the first projects. They use traits to create a game of the of those little pixelated figurines. You know, it's a game to say, oh, there's only 10 aliens. There's only 15 so and so. There's only, you know, they created uh, 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 an idea of how to gamify the most of the, the simplest of images. Mm -hmm. And it creates interest from the spectator as to, okay, how can I navigate 10,000 images? Mm -hmm. Can, can somebody help me, you know, guide through these, these things. And so we're just adapting that to photography and doing something that is again, natural to photography, photography and captions have always been hand in hand and they help frame the photographs. And this, this is actually something that uh, I, conversations that we've had in spaces, because uh, I think it was with Kim that we talked about with the traits, with the metadata, there's going to be like almost like hard information, objective information attached to images. Uh, and does that take away the narrative, uh, open-ended narratives that photo photographs tend to have when there's no caption? And, and that's like a, an interesting conceptual thing that is happening there when you're, you have the capability of putting 20 different traits on a photograph. Is that going to cut out the information, that, that, not the information, but the imagination that you can build uh, around a photograph? And I don't know. Sometimes you can see it as, yes, it's going to cut it out and maybe it's going gonna, it's gonna to frame it and create a very specific context for the image. But it's an interesting way to go. I think of Fred Richen and his questions about, you know, photojournalism and how would interesting it would be to see an image and get, you know, three minutes before the image was made, three, three minutes of video after the image was, was made, context create a different understanding of images in certain contexts. So there is something interesting that is being tapped there, but then you have, to, you have the other side of information, which is it helps you to create new narratives. So you click on one trait and that trait connects different images together. And suddenly you would have never considered those images together. And it was that information that took you to pairings that create this possibility of a third meaning. And, and this is my editing uh, um, uh, uh, obsession coming into play, my bookmaking coming into play, where I know that depending on what image you put next to the other, the construction of a narrative completely changes, yes. right? So it's, it's trying to merge these worlds together to create uh, new possibilities to understand images with suggestions coming from information from these traits, these special metadata that we put into the NFT. And, and that is, you know, that's in the creative side. And then one of the uncomfortable uh, places to also talk about is that there, there is monetization in NFTs and there is a possibility of funding your work as an artist. And, you know, yesterday we had, there was a conversation in the space and somebody, you know, asked, well, if you're thinking of NFTs as history, then why are you selling them? And uh, somebody answered, well, think of the Renaissance 
and it, there weren't only five artists. The, the, the artists that survived was because they were bought by people who had money. And that's why we were those, those five artists are the ones that are the most important. It's because somebody bought that work. Somebody made an investment and said, I'm committed to this artwork and I'm going to protect it and I'm going to take it into the future through my family, through a collection. And that is the extra thing that sometimes I think it feels uncomfortable for, for the art world at large, but it, it is what happens at high levels. Jeff Koons, Hearst, all these great artists, they're making many, a lot of money. And that's why they're able to experiment. That's why their art is going to be the, the art that's going to go into the future. It's because somebody is saying, this is something important. I'm going to invest my money into that and I'm going to protect it both because I own it and because I respect what is tr being trying to be said as an art form. And that is what NFTs are doing in a very micro level. I mean, we're talking about like the world today. It's 200 bucks for a photograph. I mean, and but now you own it. You protect that because that's yours. You're adding yourself to that image as an owner and you're going to protect that artwork into the future and that think about your project you, the owners were you and 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 the other artists protecting the website as long as you can right. here you have you know a thousand two thousand three three thousand people that are going to own these individual images and they're going to say i'm going to protect that that's that belongs to me. They're going to uh, steward it. They're going exactly. to conserve it. It's exactly. like privatizing. It's yes. giving. It's also reliving. And this this connects with another. Don't mean to interrupt, but no, I'm no, just, no. Please, I got very excited about about this aspect of it because because that's true. What we did was we we self financed it. We paid. Mm -hmm. It was all. It was all passion you know and yeah. and you're you've opened up the passion word we are all artists yeah. because we're passionate about it we wish we didn't have to make a living but of course you know you gotta pay uh baby needs a new pair of shoes right you gotta <laughs> yes. pay <laughs> to quote from my favorite film the big lebowski uh you got you know you got the monkey you gotta you got you gotta feed the monkey you uh, gotta feed the monkey uh so and we we really and i like this too i, I there's so many things to uh to to so many rabbits to chase out of this uh, conversation but i'm let me uh, let me pick up on the one that really i right there just jumped out at me mm -hmm. we need to stop apologizing as artists for needing to make a livelihood yeah and, i mean and, i understand yeah. the conundrum i completely understand i've i've been an artist for 15 years i've gone through the motions of not having anything at the end of the month i've been a teacher in university and been paid crap to teach and a new generation of artists and i've been an artist who who you know barely made any money i understand it i'm not saying you know that money is the only thing that is important but there is so much possibilities and experimentation that can come from mental stability and uh, economical stability you you start going off on tangents because you're not worried of i mean I, I might be a little bit controversial here if you're thinking of creating because you have to make money to pay the rent then is that not giving up on your creative freedom? 
you know, is, is it is it not better to think of, can I find a place where, you know, I can make some money and I can do whatever I want because at the end of the month, I know that I have support from my patrons or somebody or, or, or something that is supporting my going off on tangents in places that I would never go because I know it's too risky and risk means hard to sell, right? So have we stopped experimenting because we're just trying to make you know, the end of the month and, and pay our bills. And again, I'm not saying that in NFTs, it's not the only place where you can make money as a photographer. You can sell photo books. You can try to sell your prints. That photography is so diverse. This is just one more opening of, hey, do I have time to sell my NFTs? Do I have time to sell my prints? Do I have a time to sell my books? Some people don't. And right. so don't go there. That's that's not the, the way for you to think of your livelihood. Well, I, so. I think I think you, you you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I think what you're what what I've heard you say earlier today is that, you know, NFTs and the experiment and the experimentation around them, and the exploration inside of that is not about supplanting or no. eliminating any kind of institution or any kind of current distribution system. We need all of those. And exactly. they're all, they're all fantastic. And it's great to have a new energy to be able to open up new possibilities. Mm -hmm. You know, these uh, artists who in to, to bring it back to the world today, who are creating these images now have new visibility, yeah. new, the potential for new patronage, yeah. the potential for new flows of income that mm -hmm. would not have existed, but for the NFT realm, yeah. which has created Obscura, mm -hmm. which has created this particular project, which yeah. brought them in and 138 photographers from around the world. That's no small thing. Yeah. They, there is a huge ripple effect to that. Yeah. And that would not have existed three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, and everything is, as hard as it is in the real world. I mean, think I, I used to work in, in, a, in a museum space and funding is very hard to get. And there were projects that we wanted to support, uh, artists that we wanted to support. And it's all so complicated to actually find uh, a, a way to help artists do their work and to, to create new projects. And it's exactly the same uh, here in the NFT space. I mean, uh, we're having to talk to a lot of people. We're having to knock on many doors. Uh, we're, we're having to literally try to find funding for this, these massive projects. And the, the world today is no exception. I mean, we're, we're out there knocking on people's doors and, and trying to get people to support the project just like I would do in, in the museum, trying to you know, create, I don't know, a contest or a curated exhibition. Uh, nothing gets framed for free. Nothing gets printed for free. Uh, I remember going out to you know, the photography shops and telling them, hey, if we put a logo on the exhibition, will you be willing to you know, give us 20, 120 millimeter uh, uh, medium format rolls so that we can get these artists you know, their material so they can go on and photograph. And, you know, five stores said no, one said yes. And, you know, it is the most horrible work that is out there having to be out there and saying, hey, can you support 
a project, but I used to do it in the outside. I used to do it for books. I used to do it for artists in the museum. And now I'm doing it here in NFTs and it's still as hard. There's nothing magical about this space. It's you do not snap a finger and money falls from the sky. There's a lot of competition. There's a lot of, you know, things happening at the same time. So to get attention is really hard. And, you know, it, it's about patience. Do you really want to do that? Do you have time to, you know, commit to actually promote your work in this space, in this iteration of photography? Maybe you don't. So, you know, it's something that you shouldn't, you know, commit to because maybe you don't have time just like you should not commit to print a book and expect that book to sell out by itself just because it's in different stores that doesn't mean anything and you should know you know bill you know it, not because you already printed bounded and distributed a book that means that it's sold it's just that it's it's not in your inventory but it's in somebody else's inventory and for that money to reach you and then reach a little bit to the artist, it takes time and it takes you doing presentations. It, 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 takes, it, it means you have to do exhibitions. You have to do interviews. Let's not kid ourselves. Photography is such a hard medium to live of with or without NFTs. Right. So I think right. this is just one more opportunity to think of how can I make a little bit of money to sustain my my practice and to experiment uh, the things that I want to do as an artist. So the 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 economic opportunities for artists, I think, inside of NFT uh, space are, are 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 not just uh, creating an NFT and selling it, although that's nothing wrong with that. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just like you create a print from your carpoolers project and someone acquires that print. That's great. Yeah. Um, uh, you've created that asset. It's your intellectual property. It's your creative, uh, uh, it's your creation mm -hmm. and you can profit from it. And that's a very old school way of doing it. Yeah. And just like NFTs is just another distribution, but the other things that are economically available that you've pointed to, and I want to, and I want to make sure I, I, I'm connecting all of the dots or if there's one more. So one is, um, there is, uh, a new pa a possibility for distri distributing the work to NFT collectors mm -hmm. who will then steward that work. They yeah. might resell that work. And, and with most smart contracts, there's a provision that every resale will mm -hmm. return. Uh, what is the standard now? 20% or? No, it's 10%. 10% of every mm -hmm. resale will, mm -hmm. will return to the artist. Mm -hmm. uh, we haven't, uh, I think in the earlier conversation, you pointed out that, that, uh, Many of the collectors in this space are connected to deeply connected to technology mm -hmm. uh, and to often the crypto world. Mm -hmm. And so they are relatively new to this kind of collecting. So it's a new audience. Yeah. Uh, and they feel like in an NFT space, photography is speaking their language in a way. Say, say a little bit more about that new audience, particularly and what you're seeing inside of your experimentation that is encouraging about that. Yeah, um, I mean, think of photography as as the the medium that has connected our last two hundred years. It is a, an artistic medium that has allowed us to to see ourselves for the first time in you know in in clear representation of of who we are in in physical terms, the space where we inhabit in physical terms. 
So uh, there has somehow a language been invented of how we see ourselves and how we can talk, uh, talk about ourselves visually. And uh, one of the things that photography uh, has that is kind of like, um, I would say like a, a trick is that it feels very, very easy to, to connect with because it seems like it's real. It's, it's, it's very there. Uh, it's very close to us. But the reality is that photography is a very complex uh, medium and that it has layers of meaning and understanding of why that image exists, why that image has been taken, what you need to see in that image in the context of the history of photography, in the context of the history of art. Hence, there is a, a conversation and a complexity to photography that needs to be uh, uh, shown and, and explained to people who want to, you know, think and live with photography and collect photography. So one of the opportunities that NFTs offer is connecting photography in that level of understanding, not just in the, oh, what a pretty picture, or look, that's a building, uh, more in the realm of why was that building photographed? Is there, what, does, what did it mean for the photographer? What, what, can, what was he trying to say with that photographing of that building? And one connection that exists here that is pretty immediate that sometimes in, in the traditional world, uh, when you're selling your prints, you sell your prints if, if you're lucky. If, you, if you're lucky and you sell your prints, you sell them through your gallery. And your gallery is the one who has the connection with the collector. You're just, you know, you're just providing a product, a print. Um, so here in the NFT space, there's a, a, a really interesting thing that is happening is that you do have direct connection to, to your collectors. And those collectors are trying to understand what they're buying. So they're asking questions. Why did you take this picture? What does it mean? Did you, something, did you do something before the, this image? What did you do after that? What are you planning to do in the future? You know, and those, those conversations are being had every single day when a collector is buying your NFT. They're buying your artwork as a digital form and they want to know what they're buying. So those conversations are, ha are being had all the time, meaning there's more education in what is photography, what is the history of photography, what are you doing as an artist? And for me, in, in prior to NFTs, one of the things that has helped me a lot in my practice is trying to uh, word why I'm doing what I'm doing. So you're having the opportunity, a lot of artists are having an opportunity to have to have those important conversations as to what does your photograph mean, right? It's not right, right. see what you want right, and, and right, you, you know, it's, right, it's like, right. no, no, I like, I want to be part of your, your, I, I right. want to be your patron. Right. I want right. to, I want right. to buy your work. Right. Can you help me understand? And it's uh, it, can you help me understand? And you pointed to it earlier in this 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 segment. You were saying, you know, 
in the traditional way, often uh, maybe you give a artist talk at the gallery. Maybe mm -hmm. your patron is able to see that. Maybe it's recorded. Maybe not. But there, there's an intermediary between you yeah. and the the collector. And here, it's almost part of the gestalt of Web three mm -hmm. that there's a direct one to one creator to collector relationship yeah. that gets created. It's very powerful. Yes, it's powerful for the collectors who are maybe coming into art and the art conversation and the ability and the willingness and the drive to patronize the arts mm -hmm. yeah. uh, that maybe they haven't seen or been open to before. But Web three. And NFTs is speaking their language. It's mm -hmm. saying, okay, here's a medium photography that you may not have thought about before. And it's being presented in a way that is your language, yes. uh, I I the NFT language. Yes. Um, and and the, the sort of the last thing that uh, that is there for me inside of this conversation about, well, why would an artist or collector think about moving into the NFT realm uh, as part of their collecting experience and part of their creation and sharing experience mm -hmm. is the is another element. And we're talking about ecosystems here, really. Mm -hmm. If you get way back, you're talking. So there's a technology, but there are ecosystems that are being created around this technology. Yeah. And 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 one of the things that's coming along with Web3 is is sort of the passion economy, mm. Patreon. Uh, and other large uh, companies are coming into um, this space to create, again, that one substack is a way that many creatives now uh, who were before writing for, you know, journals are now writing mm. for their uh, newsletter subscribers. Exactly. Uh, and again, would you view that as kind of another yeah. uh, element of the NFT experience, that direct one-to-one? Uh, -one? Yeah, I mean, the NFTs seem like nothing new to me. Like we were getting, we were going towards that way. I, I, I remember two years ago thinking of Patreon as like, okay, this is this is an interesting way of how to connect with with people that might be interested in my work and have a one on one conversation and have exclusive uh, content for them. And in the end, what I was looking for there was, can I receive funding so that I can do what I want to do, which is do projects. So again, there's nothing new in NFTs in the sense of supporting artworks. I mean, it, it's it's the same. It's the it's the same model. Can can I get support to do work that I want to do? Here's my artwork. Can I get something in exchange for my passion, for the things that I think are valuable for me, and that somehow connect to the history of art and the history of photography? And let's let's make an exchange. This is again nothing new. It, it's it's one more way to 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 go about it and again it takes exactly the same amount of work if you want to do photo books and it takes the same amount of work if you want to be sold in the gallery world it yeah. it's there's nothing different i've had so many issues trying to sell books and there are books that have <laughs> rotten out because nobody wants them and that's part of the risk of being a creator. You put out stuff that maybe people aren't interested. You, you have that happen in the print form. You, you have an exhibition and you sell one print. 
you invested $12,000 in, in frames, prints, and you only sell one print of which you have to give 50% to the gallery because they're also doing their job. So right. there's, there's risks and there's no ideal place right. to be a photographer. Right. Not in prints, not in books, not in NFTs. It's a complicated place. And if you, you need to have the stomach to do that. Yeah. To be oh, a yeah. The, it's a, the, word <laughs> the word passion is, a, is not a, uh, an exaggeration. You have to no. be passionate to stay the course, right? Yes, and yes. Uh, it only takes people a couple of decades to be an overnight success. And, yes, um, exactly. Something like uh, that. <laughs> so so uh, I, I want to move on to, um, to talk about, um, and, and the, the, the world today is going to be amazing. Uh, I'll just say, okay. say it like that. And but and we can talk about this next question in, in the context of the world today. So someone asked me on a uh, on a call recently. Well, you know why why is it so common with uh, uh, and, and they talked about the August Sander uh, mm -hmm. collection. Why do okay? So we 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 and I did mint with with my with my oldest son's help. I did mint a couple of August Sander uh, NFTs, and I'm I'm so excited about them. But but you don't see them right away, right? It's a 10,400 uh, uh, in that case. And we'll talk, maybe talk about that a little bit, but we, we, we have 10,000, uh, you know, 400 and it's kind of the luck of the draw, right? Yeah, we we yeah. get on there and we, we don't know what we got and we don't even, we just get what's assigned to us given where we are in the process, you know, yeah. and, and then, and then even then you, it's not revealed right mm -hmm. off the bat. So someone said, well, doesn't that take away, uh, let's say that I love August Sanders' work, and but but what I really like are his portraits, and what I really like are his portraits of women, and what I really mm -hmm. like are his portraits of of two women or three women together. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. so that might be something that that is one way of collecting, right? Where you're yeah. thinking this is the artist I want, this is the kind of image I want, and speak about the flip side of that though. Uh, so that's definitely true. That's yeah. so speak about that that process of the rolling the dice and you don't know what you're getting and how does how does that land for you i mean um it, it's part of the of, of some of some projects in the nft space and um for that project in, in particular it was the fairest way to you know for everybody to come in it was a free mint you know nobody was making any money with putting the project in as an nft we actually had to spend a lot of money. We basically did a solo exhibition of 10,000 images and we upfront the cost to prepare everything for the metadata, for the images, the programmer, the solidity developer, the front end developer. I mean, it's a whole team of people, the writers, everybody needs to be paid to be actually do a project like this. So we put together a team because we believe that there was something interesting there. And the best way to put the work out there because it was going to be free was to do it randomized because, you know, the, in, 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 in the space, if you do not do that for the caliber of what August Sonder work is, then there are people who have better internet connections, who have more money, and then they get to, you know, cut off all the other people who might not have good internet connection or might not have the money to buy these pieces. So it was a very uh, thought out process into how to make it as fair as possible 
for the whole you know ecosystem to get into the project and participate in the in the historic uh, project. And it also, you know, we saw it as an opportunity for people to consider things that they would never collect. You know, you right. suddenly got a landscape and you were never interested in, in a landscape. Right, right. And that made you think, oh, what is valuable in landscape right. photography? Right. Or, right. or the other side, you got a, a portrait and you were never interested in portraits. And suddenly you're looking at the details of the clothes of right. the way people are, right. are are framed, the way right. the, the context where they were photographed. And maybe you start looking and seeing that there are other portraits almost identical to your portrait. And and then you start adding, you know, dots as to like, oh, wait a minute, like there's something here. There is there's a language to this photographer and the way he photographed life and people and space. So I think uh that that is that was the the ethos behind why that project came to be that way well and i i particularly loved it and i and i'll i'll give a little quick back i should have done this earlier we it's one of a uh, fellowship trust mm -hmm. is one of the the several organizations we've talked about uh mm -hmm. your uh, some of your other DAOs. Mm -hmm. um uh, but Fellowship Trust is a really interesting one that uh, was founded by you, Cooper Ray, and some others. And I'll ask mm -hmm. you to just give us the background on Fellowship Trust. And then sure. and then from there, we can go back and talk a little bit more about some of the several things that y'all are doing there. I don't know. Are there like three of you? Are, because I don't know how <laughs> you're able to get, to be creating all that you oh, are. My goodness. It's amazing. No, um, no. It's it's a massive team. I mean, it was, it, it was originally... The, the original idea of, of fellowship came from Chadwick Tyler. He, he had already been collecting uh, emerging photographers in the NFT space. And then I had the idea separately of, can we, you know, can we start a collection, a permanent collection of, of photography in the, as NFTs? And so I went to Neil uh, Hutchinson and he, you know, he was the one who had the bigger vision of, wait a minute, we can actually, you know, like a private collection in, in the real world, you know, a, buying prints and building a, a curated collection. He said, well, let's try to do that also in the realm of NFT. So the three of us came together. Cooper, Cooper came along later on in the process to the fellowship studio side of it. Fernando Gallegos also was part of the fellowship uh, a founding team, and he's very much in charge of the curation and, and finding a line of what to collect and how to collect uh, from the artists. So it, it, it literally, it's an initiative by artists and curators and collectors to how can we imagine the history of photography in the NFT realm? And that was like the epicenter of it. And we wanted to create a timeline. We can we talk from the beginning of the history of photography all the way to native NFT producers, people who started their career as uh, showing their work in the NFT space before they actually do it in the physical. So it's a big arc of time, and we've been you know we've been talking to many photographers and many uh, estates and people who who manage uh, historical photographs. And the idea is how do we uh, 
create the the bridge into NFTs in the healthiest manner possible with commitment to the artwork, with commitment to the history of photography and and what do these images really mean? It's it, it was it, it's a cultural endeavor that is part of my passion coming from the archives and being a, a geek of the history of photography. It was like, I want this, you know, it's like, how do I bring this to NFTs? Because I think there's so much emotion and, and you, you get so passionate when you understand that there's a lineage of how we've come to the moment where, where we are. So, you know, it, it, that is what fellowship is. It's, it's a passionate project of how to see photography in, in its almost 200 years of history and how do we connect new audiences to that history and get people excited about, you know, uh, let's like Stephen Shore, like why is a, a beautiful image of, you know, uh, New York important? Why, why should somebody collect an image of, of, of New York? Why should somebody collect an image of Texas uh, from Stephen? Like, what does that even mean, right? Mm. Uh, those those are the questions that we ask and what and what fellowship is offering is let's talk about it let's let's bring those images to the nft realm and let's engage with them and let's bring new audiences to them because i think they're super valuable i mean the august sander work it it, it definitely was very informative to my own practice i use a large format camera and it, it's no coincidence the way that I photograph people. Uh, I'm thinking of objectivity. I'm thinking of, of the people themselves talking to the camera more than me trying to do like a weird angle and create this motion or this capture of life. It's more the people talking to the audience. So can I, can, can I think of something that can bridge that to more people, to, to a, a whole new audience of collectors and creators, the two. It's not yeah. just for collectors. It's for absolutely it's it, for it's for it's for it's for humanity. You yeah. Know? It's for the, everybody. Yeah. Collectors, museums, uh, the creators, we're we're all engaged. I if you're in this space, you you have to believe that you're doing something that's for the greater good, right? Um, yeah, you oh, have to oh. do it in, in this space and you have to do it outside of this space. I mean, I was teaching mm -hmm. for two years in university and I mean, that was, uh, that was all, all passion, all faith that somehow something good will come out of that because right, right. there was no money. Right. There was no, like, it was just pure stress. Well, let's was... keep working on changing that uh, so that we yeah. can have uh, happier creatives and more of them. Um, well, uh, Fellowship Trust, and I, just a couple of quick things. Um, uh, first of all, uh, uh, the quality of the people involved in that is just extraordinary. Mm -hmm. I, wrote a, I wrote an essay uh, about uh, the August Sander drop, and I, 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 I hate to throw a around hyperbole uh and so i try to avoid it but i could not i could not not say and i did say in the essay that this was a this was a, an historic moment in the history of photography yeah. because august sander that august sander archive what his family has done his mm -hmm. his son his grandson and now julian uh great-grandson 
Uh, these are uh, uh, 10,400 contact prints that were made by, by the family. Uh, and they brought, uh, and, and these are, you know, so such a, you know, arguably the greatest, arguably the greatest portrait photographer of the 20th century. Yes. You could even argue the greatest of all time because of the methodical way yeah. that he went about it and his own life story is just extraordinary. Yeah. So to have, to be able to open that up for free mm -hmm. to allow people like me and others to say, yes, I'm now part of that lineage. I'm part of that. I have a, I have an NFT that I need to think about and mm -hmm. steward and care for and, and yeah. connect with and share, uh, to think of, and Darius Himes was involved with that. Yeah. Who's, uh, the, um, I don't, I'm not sure what his title is. He's the photography director at Christie's. Uh, yeah. I know he's had head of photography there. And, and Kim Beal, who teaches mm -hmm. at Stanford, yeah. wrote a beautiful series of essays connecting this moment to the history of photography, beginning with the very first photo books that were created in the 1840s. Mm -hmm. um, so it was just quality, quality, quality uh, yeah. all the way through. Yeah. And um, uh, I know there's been, you may want to mention something about it. There's been a little bit of uh, a, a little speed bump that you've hit here that you're yeah. working through. I don't know if there's anything you want to say about that, but it's sure. not, certainly nothing that's, a, as a collector of, of two NFTs, it certainly has done <laughs> no, nothing to dampen my enthusiasm for the project. But. No, the NFTs are there and they're safe. That's the beauty of the blockchain. You know, it's immutable information. It's it's there to 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 even go further than, than us. Uh, so when you're dealing with history, when you're dealing with an archive, you're dealing with an estate, there are many things to consider. And uh, in the realm of NFTs, this is the first of, you know, there's not there, there, this is the first project of its kind. And right now there's, there's a situation with different uh, entities who have been stewards of the uh, of the Sonder project of the Sonder archive, and we're working through it because um, the images that we we offer through fellowship and that Julian brought were were owned are owned by the by the family, and they're the contact sheets. These contact sheets are attached to the NFTs. So those two NFTs that you own actually give you access to the physical uh, contact sheet. So uh, we're working on, on the system so that you can redeem the physical objects too from the NFTs. Uh, and you know, there's, there's ways to understand ownership and copyright of, of an image. The thing is in the realm of NFTs, it's still a little bit of a gray area. And that's what we're trying to like uh, find the answers to. And we're, we're working with a, a third party who is the one who's right now a little bit uneasy as to what the whole project is and what their, their, their part of the, in that project is. So this, was, this is something that you know, needs to be addressed and we're addressing it and we're collaborating with them to find an answer as to how how does the archive how does this work get the best treatment possible right and and that's the main concern for julian he is trying to find a way to to steward that those images into the future when his family is not there anymore you know uh it's been four generations of stewardship 
and he saw the blockchain as an opportunity for collective stewardship. And it's a big experiment. It's never been done. And to be honest, the, the, first, uh, 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 the first reactions have been really, really amazing because people have committed to the, that stewardship and to owning that work and to understanding that work. So the experiment is going well. We have this speed bump. We're working on it. Uh, and, you know, in the end, the, the mission is to bring uh, the, the August Sonder vision to more people and that there's talk about it and, and, and make it relevant because it is relevant. The thing is that when an archive is stuck in a basement where nobody sees it, it doesn't exist. I know because I used to work in an archive where there's 400,000 images of which you don't know anything about those images because they're stored out, you know, being preserved, but they're preserved and they're being killed because nobody can actually think of them. Nobody can actually interact with them. So mm -hmm. I think uh, my passion for archives comes from five years of scanning images and being stu a steward to those images and understanding that nothing was happening with them unless you made uh, a big effort to actually take them out of context and say, hey, there's something here interesting, come look at it. And I've done books with that archive, uh, independently self-published books. I've done books with small presses to take that those images out of that context. And it's been, a, it, I mean, I've been overwhelmed at, at how people respond to images of archives because they find like history is repeating itself over and over again. And, I, I, you know, that's exciting for me. That, that last project that I did was about a, a beer company here in Monterey that basically invented corporate espionage between its employees and they photographed it. It, it, without them knowing, they were documenting their their sneaky ways of how to catch people who wanted to unionize. Mm. And uh, a researcher, I, I teamed up with a researcher, and we 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 looked at the pictures. We found letters that of people who were in those pictures, and we figured out that this archive of around two hundred images were the parties where a lot of these people were fired because of trying to be unionized in the 1930s and 40s in Monterey. So that for me is fascinating. And that would not exist if, that, if, if you don't go to the archive, you bring that archive into the fresh air and see it and share it. Well, in the, in the case of the August Sander archive, it's uh, obviously a very valuable uh, resource for uh, art history and for uh, humanity and it's collected in museums there i think the moma acquired over 600 of the portrait prints and yeah. did symposia so so it's not like that work was uh, in any way lost and yet through the nft launch there's an entire new audience there's yes. thousands now thousands of new collectors with these nfts who are super fans yeah. right a collector is a kind of a super fan and yeah. that kind of energy going forward will have tremendous ripple effects and benefits for the archive so thanks for explaining a sure. little bit about that background and and good for everybody involved in working through it and anytime you 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 make an omelet you know you, you're going to have to figure things out so yes. so um well i wanted to segue to another uh to another element of um what fellowship trust is 
doing. And like all of your DAOs, it's very dynamic. And you have done a good job of unpacking, you know, the different ways that NFTs are serving uh, the medium of photography and serving mm -hmm. art. And I wanted to talk specifically more about the history. We've pointed a couple of times to the, the, how the NFT fits into actually kind of a logical flow of history as technologies evolve. Uh, it's a, a, photography is a medium that's particularly sensitive to technology. It has been from the very beginning, whether you're talking about a daguerreotype or, mm. or salt prints or negative deposited process or, you know, it's just uh, the the... The medium and our friend Kim Beale wrote a beautiful uh, book called Good Pictures, yeah. uh, where she examines how uh, in popular photography, what was a defect in an older way of taking pictures. Suddenly, creatives go back and say, oh, that those blurred images, those are great. Let's intentionally create some blurs or, yeah. or, or it could be any element, any trope or any technical element. Um, so th think with me, because I know you've been doing a lot of thinking about what are you seeing bubbling up inside of NFTs that uh, that make you think about other historical uh, developments in photography and how where is where is the development? And these are really two different questions. Yeah. Where is the development of NFTs at this point in its own historical development? We talked last time about how in NFT land, a week is a, a year and a year <laughs> is a decade. So. So yeah. what are you seeing, historically speaking, inside of NFT? Well, I, I hope it slows down. Uh, we all need <laughs> it to slow down, to be honest. It's, it's, uh, it's been overwhelming. Uh, uh, I've lived uh, the past year and a half in, in too, too, too fast of a mode, and I'm, I'm ready to slow down. Uh, but it, that fastness has also created uh, ideas and and there's risks when you when you move so fast and 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 you take you experiment and uh what is happening right now uh and and i'll use the example of uh the book of Veles by jonas bendixson that for me is one of the exciting places where nfts can go uh i can't remember if we talked about it uh in the last uh, in the, in the first part but the NFTs right now feel very clunky and kind of like, uh, like they don't feel completely full, you know, just like uh, the first digital images were, you know, too pixelated or they had too much grain or, you know, uh, books, uh, most likely, you know, the first duotone print books weren't that nice, et cetera, et cetera. You know, there's, there's a there's a, a phase of things don't feel that nice, right? Don't, things don't feel that evolved. Things don't feel that uh, matured. And NFTs, I think, are on that stage. But sometimes here and there, you get glimpses of, oh my God, there's something very very cool here, and that is that that project by Jonas. And for me. It's the first real NFT project that uses photography and information in a way to create narratives that you cannot do in, in the real world. So his project, the Book of Ellis, is about fake news. It's about creating a reportage based, based on uh, artificial intelligence. And his book, the, the, the physical book, is, is a great, uh, it's a great object. 
it it went to the point where you can see how if you use certain visual traits like uh, dilapidated cars, if you see fires, if you see people on the street, if you see cats, if you see like street cables, if you see birds, those are traits that photo reportage uses to talk about a place and a situation. So he used uh, a 3D modeling and inserted those things into his images to create images that looked like if they were real and looked like they were reportage. And the, the meaning of the book made its case that we can be fooled if we want to think of it that way. We can be, uh, we can be convinced that more than fooled, we can be convinced that something is real because it has these traits. So the book, it was a, it's an amazing object. It's an amazing concept. And when we started talking about how does that translate into the NFT realm? Well, it, it's about breaking up the pieces. Can we take the 3D models out of the original images and have in the NFT space, see the original pieces of the 3D people, the 3D birds, the 3D cars, the 3D cables, the 3D TVs, the 3D computers, separate them from the images and what happens when everything's revealed you know it's not in your imagination but it's actually broken up into pieces and all the parts are out in the open the 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 artificial intelligence person who revealed that it was a fake project is there in the project the fake posts are there in the project the artificial intelligent text that was used for the for the book are there, uh, the artificial intelligence uh, uh, personas that were created are there. Everything is there in the open. And, and, the, and then that was amazing. And we took it to that level. And then uh, with the Agosander project, actually, we started thinking a, a lot more of metadata and how an NFT is, can be almost like a catalog resume for an image. You can put which exhibitions it's been a part of, where, what collections hold it, who has written about it. And it was like, oh, an aha moment. Can we actually do that for a new project and create narratives through the metadata of the project itself and do things that if you do it in a book form, it would be too boring to experience it this way. But because the NFT project is about information, well, it's about showing how things were constructed. It, it's like, it's it's almost like this is the space to reveal the project. So Jonas created metadata traits where you see the connection between the text, the 3D model, the final image, and maybe it's a connection to where it was commented in social media about that image. So suddenly you get the like the condensed version of the history of that image in the project, the text, the image, the 3D, and how it socialized in social media. So that for me seems very unique and I have seen nothing like it before. So that is, I think, uh, for now, one of the most exciting projects when it comes to using 
the iteration and the code of what makes an NFT valuable different from what a print and what a book can do. Mm. Here is an opportunity to think, okay, if I go in depth and I use all these different informations and it, it, it's, it helps that it's this project because it has those different layers, uh, but it created something very unique. And that's exciting for me. And, and I hope to see more of those projects where you cannot experience it this way outside. This mm. is in the NFT space. This is the only place where you can experience this project. This is way. this being is this a, is this a creation of Fellowship Trust? Yeah. OK. And it will be will it be released as a as a collection of NFTs mm -hmm. that each of them relate to a photograph or some aspect of the project? Yeah. Any idea of how many NFTs there will be in the collection? Yeah, it's one hundred and eighty six NFTs that include uh, social media posts, photographs, 3D models, text. It's 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 a breakdown of the whole project into little bits and pieces connected through metadata traits. So if I acquired one of those, mm -hmm. uh, it would that one would have the same. It would it would let's say it's of an image, or are they all 186 a, a particular photograph in the project. Uh, they're all from... images, but some oh. are images of text, some are images of posts. I from see Facebook. I uh, see. Yeah, I see. And so inside of that NFT that I acquire. Uh, there's metadata that relates to that particular NFT, mm -hmm. but each of the 186 will have a certain amount of information that's common to all of them. Uh huh. Yes. And then each of them will have some information that's common or that's just relative to it. Exactly. Is that right. Exactly. And then, yes. and then, and then, is that a living document? Is that metadata grow over time? And if so, how? Or is it static? Is it? The metadata that you put in there at the time of the release and the acquisition, does it stay put or does it evolve? It can evolve uh, because of the way that we construct uh, uh, the smart contract and the project. We can make it evolve. Uh, in this, as of now, uh, uh, Jonas took it to the level that he wanted it to take. Uh, we don't know if there's going to be an evolution or something added to it, uh, but for now, the the narrative is there he's created uh somehow some uh, a kind of index to how to experience the collection so mm -hmm. you can read this index and it'll tell you if you go here this is what you can see and what you can experience if you go here this is what the the project is going to give you and as a collector of uh, number 33 of the 186 mm -hmm. do i have access to information or data contained in the other nfts yeah yeah everything is is completely there for you to see and experience mm -hmm. you can own one nft and still experience the whole project from mm -hmm. your particular nft so it's um i again the 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 metaphor of of the public bench comes to mind an NFT is a public bench. Everybody can use it. It's there for free to, for you to sit on it, but there's only going to be one name associated to the family that donated that bench for that park. That's what, that's what the NFT uh, idea is. There's one patron, one owner, but everybody can use it. Everybody can see it. It's not going to be stored in somebody's family's vault where nobody can actually see the, the, the image. It's there to be consumed by 
whoever wants it. You don't want to buy it. You can still play around with the project. It's it's democratic in that sense. Well, that's beautiful, uh, and it leads to one last question before we, we we I have sort of a couple of wrap up questions I always like to use. But but uh, uh, I'm still learning. Uh, I think most of us are. And one thing that keeps coming up for me, and I hope to have a uh, a, a, a developer. Maybe we can talk Cooper Ray into coming on the show, and he can <laughs> he can break it down for me, but you've, you've been learning from Cooper. So maybe you can. Yes. So when I, one of the things that comes up for me is this uh, sort of distinction between on chain and off chain that comes yeah. up. And I've heard people say, well, with the problem with photography or film or something, that has got a lot of data. You can't put it all uh, in the NFT. It can't all be in the blockchain because there's too much data to be held yeah. there. Mm -hmm. So you have to put, you have to create some other structure Mm -hmm. that's off chain that the NFT points to. Yeah. So say a little bit more about that and particularly maybe use this uh, uh, Mr. Bendixson's Jonas Bendixson's project as a way of talking about that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure not the best person to talk about it. I, I, I can talk in general terms. Uh, I hate computers. <laughs> The irony of things, I remember my, my older brother, he's a computer, both my older brothers are computer engineers, and I hated computers because of that, because they had their passion, and I had nothing. Mm -hmm. So uh, as far as I, I can explain this is, uh, an NFT is a combination of on-chain information that is written on the blockchain, on the public ledger, and it it points to a decentralized server that holds the rest of the information, the metadata and the image itself. Uh, the two that are most used are Arweave and uh, the International uh, Planetary File System, the IPFS. So those are two of the main decentralized servers that contains the images of the photographic NFTs. Um, there are projects that create NFTs within the, the blockchain. Uh, you can think of generative art is very much about that. Uh, it's, it creates a code that creates a series of algorithms and, and things that create the image inside of the blockchain, through the blockchain. Uh, but that's as far as my knowledge goes uh, when it comes to the idea of, of how an NFT is done and where it's stored. Mm. Well, that's a good explanation. And um, uh, again, I, I, I'm, I'm going to try to get uh, someone who is just steeped in that on the on the, yes. in the conversation. So uh, a last fellowship question, uh, our friend Stephen Shore, uh -huh. uh, you fellowship released uh, an NFT of Stevens mm -hmm. uh, last week. Yes. Uh, it was a photograph from his beautiful Ukraine project, yeah. uh, which I invite everybody to go and discover that work of Stevens. Um, and uh, it was the it was a one of one, mm -hmm. and uh, it 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 garnered a, a a very nice return, and all of that is going to go toward uh, Ukraine. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, one hundred percent of it will be will be uh, landing with uh, organizations that support uh, the Ukrainians and their their yeah. in this their time of need. Say a little bit about that because I think uh, you know when you see an Alex Soth who you've worked mm -hmm. with or Stephen mm -hmm. Shore. Yeah. Uh, begin to uh, is, 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 is that's encouraging. What does that mean for you as someone who's a who's an enthusiast about the space uh, yeah. to see that? And what else are you seeing that is encouraging in that way? 
Um, I mean, we're talking about one of the pe people who have experimented with photography the most. I mean, right. Stephen is a visionary. Uh, he can do it with the camera. He can do it with words. Uh, he has understood how the the there is language in photography and how that language is constructed and how we can understand it and how we can create based on that understanding. So for me, uh, Stevens seems like a, a, a great person that can see things that we don't still understand about NFTs. So this first uh, uh, opportunity to, to help him sell this uh, NFT from his Ukraine project, I mean, it was, it was a charity uh, project. It was to help uh, with, with that cause that, that he's very uh, passionate about. And at Fellowship, we, you know, we took we took it on upon ourselves to find collectors to help him uh, fulfill that vision of of, of helping uh, that cause. And uh, we we did we did one uh, we we literally went out knocking. Like I said, there's nothing easy of NFTs. I went out and my team went out knocking on people's doors. Hey, man. Uh, do you want to pitch in to, you know, to help this, this beautiful cause? Uh, and, 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 and in return, there'll be, you could, you know, you can have the first one of one NFT of Stephen Shore in the NFT space. And, you know, I would say, you know, there was magnificent response and then there was apathetic response because mm -hmm. again, nobody knows who, Stephen Shore is in the NFT space. Yeah. You know, it, it's it it sounds bonkers, <laughs> but that's the reality of things. Mm -hmm. We're we're creating educate photographic education. So mm -hmm. it was having conversations with collectors, telling them how important uh, both Stephen uh, and his right. his lifetime's work is, right. and also the mission of the of of that particular NFT. Right. So. We set out. We set out to inform people, educate people, and uh, in the end, it was a great outcome. Uh, yeah. One single collector uh, outbid our effort that we were doing mm -hmm. uh, at Fellowship Trust to to get uh, several collectors together. Uh, one single collector who has been buying photography uh, basically understood the 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 importance of that object and and he he bought that work and yeah we're we're really excited that it harnessed uh the amount of eth that it harnessed that will go to a beautiful cause uh mm. that steven believes in and and that we support yeah that's yeah. a great story it it just happened that steven was down in atlanta and we were visiting together as that was all unfolding and we were <laughs> we were checking in and neither of us exactly understood exactly how many east were, were involved or what it uh yeah. how much uh it was yielding but it was a really good um, project well i i like to end with uh just a open-ended sort of conversation um uh, first about you and what you what's coming up for you that you personally with your own work uh, yeah. If you have any time left for your own work inside sure. of NFTs, what are you thinking about personally uh, for uh, your movement more deeply and yeah. uh, continuing in the NFT? And then what are you seeing? You've mentioned Jonas uh, Bendixson's work. Or, mm -hmm. and, and so the second part of the question is, who are others that are doing things uh, in this realm that you are excited about or you see as pointing to possible new uh, openings? 
Yeah, I mean, I think there are many thoughtful people in the NFT space that are trying to find ways to uh, do things that don't feel gimmicky, but actually feel like, okay, I'm using this technology to actually expand uh, my practice or to expand the way that photographers can be supported. Um, I mean... I, I I don't have exact names to, to say uh, uh, at this moment, but they they are out there. And uh, if 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 we take the time, uh, I'm sure we can find them. Individual photographers uh, and institutions uh, that are 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 pressing to do good stuff and and good work in in the realm of NFTs. And for uh, you, per, and for you personally, what are and you? And for me, I mean, I. I'm actually trying to wind down a little bit. Um, I've been running and sprinting for almost a year and a half in mm -hmm. NFTs. And uh, I have many other projects that I want to continue doing. I have two books uh, that are, are cooking uh, right now. And I want to get back to that a little bit more uh, this year. So for me, it's you know finishing the projects that I've started uh, a, a Obscura is, is in a mag magnificent platform that is bridging that gap to help fund new projects. Uh, we have a beautiful team that is forming. The DAO is being formed. And I think uh, if, if possible, I want to, you know, step back a little bit and, and let that breathe and let that happen, you know. It, it, I think we've been doing too many projects. Now it's time to let that model just happen in a in a in a in a calmer way. Mm -hmm. and, and for fellowship, there's exciting projects coming up. Again, I'm interested in establishing that, uh, but also trying to take a breather and and just make projects that make sense and that take time. You know. Uh, I, I, I'm, I rushed now I want to take time and okay. think and, and do projects that take six months to develop a year right. to develop. Right. Um, right. that's, that's, that's my, uh, that's my plan. I want, I, I want a little bit more of that. Um, I want to have more conversations with my team, with Fernando, who has been, you know, uh, my, my buddy philosopher in photography. And I, for me, the most important thing is, is to be uh, thinking of how to evolve photography and the way we think of photography. Mm. And that takes time. And NFTs have been so quick that I need to step back to right. start thinking again and, and seeing right. what else can be done. Right. 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 Uh, I got, uh, and and uh, the team that has built and and what we've constructed came from a lot of thinking and then we thought we we we, right. we had all these ideas and then all that you see right now is the mat mat materialization of all those ideas right. i want to go back to the thinking right. part of it and start thinking right. and seeing what else can be done maybe the future is to work with more in real life institutions and and find models for them to benefit from the NFT uh, technology. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's schools. Um, I don't know. But I want to go back to thinking 
more than taking action right now. Well, that's, such a, that's such an authentic uh, and honest uh, uh, response and way to think about it, Alejandro. And I'll take it on myself to, on behalf of every photographer and everyone in the space that we love. Thank you mm -hmm. uh, from really from, from the heart for your having engaged in the space. So, energetically and with such great focus and um uh, i also want to acknowledge your being so genuine and um everything you've taken on in the last really year uh mm -hmm. has brought fruit uh the dows are up and running yeah uh it's certainly a good time and you've certainly earned the opportunity mm -hmm. to take that step back yeah. it's as an artist it shows up in your work your process is very much the artist's way, the artist's path, which is to do something and see what happens and then step back and uh, respond to what's happened and then exactly. do something else. It's a very much an iterative process. And yeah. I, I, I get totally uh, what you're saying. And I, yeah. I thank you for, for everything you've done. And, th and thank you uh, for making yourself yet again available for this conversation and and caring that educators, uh, you know, let's educate people and let's let's bridge to people yeah. uh, so that we can have more people in the space. That's really the the spirit that you you bring. And yeah. um, I really appreciate that. And you've you've agreed. And I want to get it on record that you've agreed to be on a panel with uh, Photo Lucida, Photo yes. Lucida in, in Portland. Uh, anyone listening, go ahead and put it on your calendar. It'll be, uh, uh, noon, uh, Pacific standard time on, uh, April the 21st. It'll be a zoom call with, uh, the, the leadership. It'll be a lunchtime meeting for those people participating, but anybody can, can call in and be part of the, the, the zoom call. Uh, they Amazing. just need to sign up, uh, with photo Lucida and thank Excellent. you for doing that. So yeah. Any part, yeah, any parting shots uh, for us or to carry away with us? Yeah, I, 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 um, I'll say Photo Lucida is very close to my heart. It was uh, one of the institutions that uh, propelled my career forward, their portfolio reviews, and then I won their uh, photo book award. So uh, yeah. anything Photo Lucida, I'm, I, I sign up for. Okay, <laughs> Definitely. great. That's um, great. Uh, no, you know, parting of words is thank you, Bill, for the opportunity to have this conversation. Um, it, I, I would encourage people to, uh, if you're thinking of NFTs, uh, there's so many things that are said about what they are. Uh, uh, I would say take it upon yourself to do your own research and, and try to find uh, the spaces where things seem similar to what you want uh, your photography world to be. Um, there's different ecosystems happening inside of photography and NFTs. Um, I'm, I would encourage uh, for those who are interested in uh, critical thinking, uh, people who are think, uh, interested in the history of photography, people who are interested in bodies of work and how bodies of work create meaning, uh, look for that because it's there in the NFT space. Uh, it's not what's most popular and it is what is most difficult to find, but we're there and we're, we're, you know, breaking, breaking rocks to build <laughs> that path so that more people can find us. Uh, but we're there, we're trying to, to make it, Make NFTs that mean something, make it a space that means something and not just, you know, a space for commerce, but actually is 
a space for thinking and for thoughtful conversations. Beautifully said. And um, as Kim Bill quoted you saying, uh, if you go to a space like NFTs and you don't like what you see, then it's up to you to bring what you want to see there. Exactly. Well, that's a wrap, everybody. I just want to thank you for tuning in. And I want to thank Alejandro for uh, leading us in this uh, discussion and uh, so much to discover in this space and his visionary work is so appreciated. If you want more uh, information, there's extensive show notes from our conversation today at the Fall Line Press uh, website. And also uh, Documentum is a publication of Fall Line. And you can find more at our Twitter accounts, uh, our Instagram accounts, or um, at my Substack uh, newsletter account, which is Patient Letters uh, at Substack.com. And I look forward to seeing you on the other side. Take care. Mm -hmm.